I thought you were disappearing this week. And then you messaged me this morning like, we have to talk about, we have to record today. We have to record before I disappear. And now we're like, it's like 12 hours after you sent that message to me and we're finally recording. Yeah. Well, I'm in Italy. You are in Italy. Officially, I'm supposed to be on holiday, but I, I'll admit I've been working every day. <laughs> so <laughs> tomorrow I'm turning my phone. I'm going off this island off the coast of Italy, turning off my phone, going to turn it back on on Monday. Okay. So this rant is the last thing I do. Uh, okay. Before that. Well, all right. So this might be, this might be the last time we see JQ on camera. Something might happen to him over on that yeah, island. Who knows? It might be. Yeah. Might so, be. This might be your last thing that you say on camera. Okay, the pressure is on now. Ah, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's hit that intro and, and say some thank yous because you was you was hot in the ass to do this in the morning. You was all hot and bothered about this. And uh let's see if you still are. Let's see if I remember. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this money-grabbing book races. Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Lefty the Great, with co-host and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Right here, $100 throw. Oh, no! <laughs> I like this. Three, two, one. Yes, indeed, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 208 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Left the Great, and joining me shortly because he just froze up is JQ because he contacted me first thing this morning. He's like, we have to rant. Uh, there, was some, there was a lot of drama at the Touring Car Worlds this past weekend in Italy, and he wants to talk about that. I don't know everything that happened. I know that Bruno Coelho is two-time champion now. He won it back-to-back, -back, so congratulations to him. Uh, but I did see a lot of drama on Facebook about it, and I, I don't know if JQ was there or... I know David was there, so maybe he has some inside sight. We're waiting for him to come back on. While we do that, I just want to say thank you to everybody that supports the podcast. Shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. This is like kind of like a, a not formal podcast, so we're just going to do our sponsor spiel, uh, sponsor call out at the beginning, and there's not going to be no ads. JQ just wants to rant about something. So thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for everybody that hit that sub button. We're getting there. We're about 45 away from 3,000 subs. Please share, hit that sub button, hit that like or dislike button, leave a comment. 
It helps this pod get out in the algorithm. Also, shout out to the patrons of the podcast. You guys will get early release of this podcast. Thank you guys for your continued support. Uh, if you wish to be a patron, there is a link in the written description of this podcast. I will be getting back to the patrons and doing some things for them here shortly. So that's good. And uh, yeah, with that said, I'd like to say thank you to these awesome sponsors that we have written descript- in the written description of this podcast. We have links. We have some affiliate codes. We have some affiliate links, some coupon codes that will save you some money as well. And there are not, there are some that don't have any. So if you do order from them, just leave a note saying, hey, I heard about this on the No Name RC podcast. They are invisiblespeed.net, TZO 200 tires, TNR fuel, fuels, high tech RC, beach RC, Mayako, Lugs uh, Racing Tires, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Techno RC, Beach RC, uh, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, G-Spec RC Tuning, Sampadal USA, Racecraft USA, RCGP, House of RC, and Clinic RC. Shout out to my boy Ardent Imprints for these badass hats. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. And uh, yeah, check out those companies. We have links for them in the written description of this podcast. I think JQ is here. I see a black screen. So let's see if he's ready. Let's see. On the fly here. What's up, JQ? Yeah, here I am. Yeah, Let's here you are. Uh, works. Yeah, hopefully this works. Anyway, JQ, um, uh, just so people don't know, JQ's in Italy somewhere. He won't disclose his location. He's near, uh, near the coast, and he goes. He sent me a video. Goes, I'm going over to that island next tomorrow. His phone's going off, apparently, and he's gonna turn off for four days, which which you need. I'm not gonna lie. But this might be the last time we see you because surely you're going to piss some Italian off or somebody you're going to piss off on this island and you're going to have a pair of concrete boots or something. I mean, it might if, happen. If anybody's going to piss off somebody on a vacation island, it's going to be you. Could happen, especially because I am really turning my phones off and everything. No internet for four days. No way of communicating. So... That's it. I mean, I've officially, I've been on holiday already a week and I've worked every single day. So there's that. <laughs> That's not really a holiday, but I get it. It never stops. Yeah. It never stops with this. But um, anyway, you were, you were all excited this morning. You, had a, you said, we have to rant, we have to record. So this is just going to be, I mean, obviously you have something you want to rant about. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know everything that happened. I must admit that Corona looks really good. I feel like ordering one. To be honest, uh, I should, but I'd have to stop her from the mic and go outside and say, hey, can I have a beer? But um, yeah, let's go. All right. So on the last podcast, you went kind of hard on Ifmar. I just you did go hard, like right off the bat, like full metal jacket on Ifmar over what happened at the at our off road worlds. Mm-hmm. Right now, we just <laughs> fast forward one week. We had two worlds on this weekend. Actually, we had the fifth scale worlds which only had 63 entries, which, and unfortunately that track is closing now, but it's not closing because of that. It's closing because of NASCAR expansion. And then I think at this race here in Gubbio, which I did watch the Euros this year, the Nitro Euros from this race, had around 40 mod guys. Some, let's see, the Formula One guys were not too much. It wasn't, you know, it was 23 Formula One guys. It was, it, let's just put it as a, it was not a big, uh, not a big race. It was 40 spec guys, 22 uh, Formula One guys. And let's see what open was, which is the bigger class. This had 60. So this is 
you know, it had 100, 120 entries. It had 120 people here. Maybe, okay, Formula One, so people are running both classes. Do they allow to run stock and mod at this class, and this, at this Worlds? Like, they do somewhere uh, else? All right. David also ran this. He ran yep. for Automatics. He didn't have a good weekend. He, he was in, like, the C main. But there's a lot behind that because they're, they're and then the 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 clapback coming out of Facebook. Like even I talked to my boy Hefty today. I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I'll know more after today. Here's my own word guy. So I don't know. Did you ever make it to this event? No, I was gonna go on the Saturday, and mm -hmm. then on the Sunday I was going to the Italian motocross championships. Oh right, right. They right, moved. Right. They delayed main day until sunday because of bad weather so then i couldn't go because you know what i prioritize obviously motocross so there's that you get all giddy uh, when you talk about motocross <laughs> i i like motocross yeah. <laughs> good so anyway why don't you tell the listeners what happened at the touring car worlds and then we get into it well i so i i'm going off what i read from the guy christopher krupp is that's his that's his name i believe uh yeah. Or maybe I, Crumper. Crumper? Is it his name? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, that, the guy that, who came that, second? That was crap. That was right. crap. He was crap. He was second. Well, I read his race report, and he made a lot of allegations, dude. He made yeah. a lot of allegations. Oh, it's pretty long. It's a novel. I should bring it up here. Hold on for a second. Maybe that's the Yannick Crumper one. That's the one what? Sorry? Yannick Crumper and other guy, the Yokomo driver also. He oh, I didn't see that one. one. But anyway, just, you know. But so anyway, he's accusing them of, he, so X-Ray, uh, unfortunately, it seems like every time X-Ray gets into a race like this, they're being accused of stuff. So Coelho wins. He's like super fast at this race, faster than everybody by far. You know, they accuse them of, I be, so there's accu accusations of special tires that X-Ray only know about. There's accusations of them having unfair, I believe, unfair, uh, advantage by being having a race here or something, I believe, prior to this, or having run on this track prior to this. Um, yeah, there's there was whole like there's a whole conversation that they had with Carlos where they said they're gonna use some different tires and they end up going back to the same tires that they went. And yeah, like a lot of lot of a lot of I don't know if you want to call it aluminum tin foil hat conspiracies, or is this really happening? I don't know. It's weird, but or is Bruno Coelho just that much fucking faster than everybody? You know what? If you listen to this podcast or watch this video, all your questions will be answered. That's okay. a guarantee. All right. So let's, let's, let's at least focus on what the drama was then. It yeah. was obviously the accusation of some secret tires that X-Ray knew, even though this is a handout tire. Yeah. So who's the handout tire? Is it Hot Race? It was Hot Race, yes. Okay. So you have the handout tire. Then we had rain. Then there was apparently no rain tire or something like that. So they... Yeah, they had that kind of drama too. So they got some guys wanted to run in rain. Coelho didn't want to run in rain. There was a beef between that and this. I mean, it's a whole bunch of drama coming up. Is this, is this people... Is this competition getting fed up of getting beat? Or is this X-Ray pushing the limits to the extent that no other team's wishing to go to? What is it? Like, you have a better idea of this than me. Here we go. I, I really like those drinks, too. I could use one right now. Original from Finland. Hey, he asked me go. off for drinking, like, three of them. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And he had a whole case. Had a whole case of them. Had a whole case of them in the van. Yeah. Well, I only have two left now. Hmm. Here we go. Let's start. Uh, Hold on. Before uh, we go any further, before we go any further, this isn't going to be like a. This isn't going to be a full metal jacket rant and no solutions, right? We're actually. I want you to explain this. Let's see how it evolves. Okay. I want you to explain yeah. this so everybody can understand. For sure, even you. If you understand, we know everyone understands. There we go. There's your litmus test. Okay, here we go. So let's go over the allegations and the sort of reasons for uh, all of this speculation after the race. So Bruno was a lot faster than the competition. I believe like five or six seconds per qualifier or something, like multiple tenths faster per lap. And that in touring car is a lot. It's a lot. So that caused, I think, the most vocal drivers that I have seen have been Mark Reinhardt and Yannick Prumper. And they were speculating that something happened there with the handout tires. Bruno has better tires. That's why he is faster. Um, to strengthen their theory of something happening with the tires, there was a there was a sort of cancellation of a round because it rained. Right at the end of the round, it rained, so then they had to uh, re rerun that round. So because of that, they had to give new handout tires. So these handout tires that they got now because of this rerun were different from the ones that they got before the event. So maybe I should explain how touring car races work. Because tires are such a massive advantage if you have a better tire, what they do is they control the tires that you get. So everyone has to go and pick up their tires before the event, but it's in a controlled area and uh, they have to mark the tires. They can sort of, the sets that they receive, I think it's 12 sets or something, they can lay out all of their tires and match them into sets of four. They can uh, mark them then. They can uh, mark them for, okay, this is my tire for practice, whatever, or Q1, Q2, Q3. They always run new tires every run because they're faster. But they can't take the tires with them. They have to then return the tires to the storage. And five minutes before every run, they get their set of tires that they've already checked and, and had marked and decided that when they would run whichever set, right? So the tires are there in that secure area. They only get them five minutes before the race. Then after the race, they return them. So because this one qualifying round was uh, rerun, they didn't have enough tires now. So for the rerun, everyone got new tires. So the allegation was that at the beginning of the race, when everyone got tires, somehow Bruno got different tires better tires okay so to strengthen this theory in that qualifier that was run after the rain and all of that bruno wasn't as fast compared to the others he only tq'd by one second instead of five or six or something like that so it was much closer and remember that was now done on a new set that he had got not one of the sets he got before the race which all the drama was about. But actually, if you go back and look, Bruno ran a different body for that qualifier. 
And we can tell that because he ran a white body versus his painted body, right? I think for that qualifier, he ran a painted body. But for the actual race, uh, the mains and his fast qualifiers, he was using a white body. Well, they were mounted differently. And Bruno said that when he ran uh, that different body in the rerun of a qualifier, the car was slower. But he still managed to TQ. So he made a ch big change because a body shell is a big change to a car. He made a big change. Car didn't perform as well. He's still TQ'd, but with a smaller gap. That was his explanation for that. Then there was even more drama. So after qualifiers, Bruno had TQ'd every single round. There was a meeting between uh, IFMAR officials and the drivers. And basically what uh, some drivers wanted, I, I only know now of uh, Mark Reinhardt and uh, Yannick Prumper because they have been vocal about it. I don't know if other drivers wanted the same thing, but basically all drivers agreed to this change of tires. So even uh, Bruno and Alex, who are X-ray drivers. So apparently all drivers agreed that, okay, just to clear the air, we will change the tires we are running for the main. So we will go back and take new tires so everyone can see that there's no monkey business, there's no special tires. That's what was agreed. But then the next day, that had been cancelled. And there was a new meeting, and then Carlos Gomez said that he made a mistake, that he can't really do something like that. Uh, because the rules are different and he can't break the rules. You know, rules are rules. You know how his money is and F is. But so, there was a lot of rules broken, apparently, throughout this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, let's put it this way. The federations we have right now, their number one priority isn't to run a fair race. Let's be honest. They have other priorities, including, you know, not limited to holiday activities. So, so if you're saying they're not okay, we'll re let's we'll re let's, back on that, stick that to point these allegations first, and we can yeah. talk about federations later. So then, because of this reversal, so the drivers had agreed, let's just pick new tires so that we clear clear the air and prove that there's no cheating, okay? But then they went back on it, and even I have to admit that when I heard that, I was like, well, if there's no cheating, then why wouldn't you just change the tires, right? Because if you do, then you prove that you're not cheating. Now, they are sort of, by X-ray, sort of protesting this uh, change, they make themselves look guilty, correct? Like so they, they did protest it? Yeah, I mean, they I heard that. The they, I read that they, they protested it. Why do we have to pick new tires? I mean, we already did this before the race. We haven't done anything wrong. Why should we pick new tires now? Like, they didn't want to do it. Even though the previous day the drivers had agreed, let's do it. So that makes them look guilty, does it not? Because, yeah, it does. Right. That's what I thought, too. But I was thinking more about it. And uh, then I started to imagine, like, ima what if I was Bruno? And if I was Bruno and I had just TQ'd all the rounds and then people are saying that I'm cheating, but I'm actually not. But then to prove that I'm not, 
we pick different tires. And remember, there was a delay of one day because of rain. So probably the track would be different for the mains. It rained, wind blew, like the track is dusty. Like, yes, they ran practice finals, but probably the track would be different, a bit different at least. So potentially, even if there's no change of tires, there's a risk that in the mains, Bruno's car won't be as good, right? And if something happens where Bruno doesn't win after changing the tires, it will definitely look like they cheated. Look, we changed the tires, Bruno didn't win. See, we were right, they were cheating, correct? So if I am Bruno in that situation and I change tires, <laughs> it will add pressure to me because mm -hmm. I feel like if I fail now, then people will have proof that I was cheating, even though I'm not, right? So in a way, mentally, it's better not to change anything. Because if they are not cheating, if Bruno is not cheating... They have nothing to prove. And yeah, they have nothing to prove. He just TQ'd all the rounds. Just let people complain because it's in their minds. They have a mental advantage because people are crying about them cheating but actually they are not right we are now mm -hmm. imagining they are not cheating so in that moment it's better not to change anything so you go you run the race with the tires you have there's no pressure people accuse you of cheating fine nothing changes you do the mains you win the race that's actually the best course of action because like i said like imagine you do change tires mm -hmm. and, and then, then something goes wrong right so for me, if, if I imagine I was Bruno, I would feel more pressure after changing the tires. Well, not just pressure to win, but now you have pressure to prove that you're not cheating. And exactly. exactly. So it's double the pressure. And yeah. it's, it's, they also said that Alex was really, Hagberg was really good too. He was fast, faster than average guys as well. Um, I mean, he finished fourth. I think that's his best finish at a Worlds, electric Worlds, apparently, apparently. Maybe. Um, I don't know, man. It just always seems to be. Oh, I also right. heard that it was something to do with no real track changes as well. So they did what they did was they put uh some dots to extend some corners to make the apex of the corners more. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, well, I don't know. How do you change it on? I, I don't know how you change a permanent track like that anyway, yeah. you know, unless they had it has multiple races, they had multiple races, people had opportunities to go practice there, people had opportunities to go to races, you know, some people decided to go, others didn't, you know, if if you are serious about the Worlds, you had opportunities to go, to go. practice yeah, I agree. race before. It I wasn't agree. something where someone had an advantage because they could practice more. Like, if the race is at Hoodie Arena, yeah, sure, actually have an advantage. This track, they actually don't have an advantage at this track. I don't think so. Is it? But anyway, okay. let's, let's just rewind a bit. So when people got the tires uh, before the race, that's when some funky business went on, apparently, according to some. Honestly, I just don't see it because we are going into like deep conspiracy theory. Uh, What's his name? Regions, areas. If we What's your boy that. name? Because, what? What's the deep conspiracy? Alex Jones. We're going to Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. Yeah, because think about it. Like, 
you have all the tires there and uh, the officials are handing out the tires. So that would mean that someone would have to bribe that official. Well, first of all, someone would have to figure out a way to test a ton of tires and find some sort of advantage on 12 sets of tires, for example. So after testing 12 sets of, or well, after testing a bunch of tires, finding 12 sets that have some sort of advantage over the others, you have to get them into the boxes that are for the race with all, all the driver's tires. Then you have to bribe the officials to give those exact 12 tires to Bruno so that he has an advantage over the others because everyone got their tires from the same place. And uh, that's, that's beginning to sound extremely unlikely. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, when I read it, no, I'm not sure if it's a guy crap or whoever I read because I just went and looked on his Facebook and it's not there anymore. Actually, actually, I screenshotted it. So screenshots last forever. I just remember that. So, okay, yes, it was Yannick Prumper. Sorry, I thought yeah. it was a guy crap. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Crap. You uh, just crapped on crap. I'm crap. sorry. It was Pumper. Yes, Yannick mm -hmm. Prumper. That's it. When I'm reading this, I'm like, this is a lot. This is like, all right, I can understand maybe, you know, having some extra practice on this track or doing stuff like that. This is like, seriously, this is, I, I heard similar things like this at the 2021 Raw Nationals then. Yeah. So they were like, uh, when Mayfield teched and he teched over and like they say, oh, Jason Rona, Adam Drake and, and Raw went into the back somewhere and came out and apparently he teched. So there's always some rumors about this yeah. type of stuff going on, but this seems a little far-fetched. Yeah. It, I, so, I, I mean, I want to believe it, but I also I, believe that Bruno is just that much better than everybody right now. Yeah. So here's the thing. There are situations where unfair things have happened. Someone mm -hmm. has got through tech that shouldn't. Someone gets caught for the same thing. You know, these kind mm -hmm. of things. They definitely have happened. But now we are not talking about that. We are talking about a driver who was clearly faster than everyone else, TQ'd every round, won the race. He is world champion, right? Mm -hmm. An amazing achievement. And people are now accusing him of cheating. And the accusation is that he has better tires. Okay? I just it, it would when, have so much variables to go to yeah, make right. When you look at the way they would need to cheat it begins falling apart because how would you do it like how is it possible that you would have the same tires but somehow a different compound or something and you smuggle them in there and the officials know to give them out and all like how would you even logistically be able to do that and how would you able to do that uh secretly so no one no one, no one knows that would open their mouth, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible, but it's very unlikely. How much would, would it cost to do something like that? Like, let's let's. Would it be I worth? Don't, I don't. I don't know what it would cost, but I. I just think it's very unlikely. But I have another explanation that I think is much more plausible. Okay, I like that. Yes. Yeah. So. Do you remember when uh, Davide Ongaro won the Worlds in Australia? Mm -hmm. 
Do you, do you remember what happened? Yeah, his uh, car got completely stripped. Mike Mike Trurie was there. He got he was accused of having of you know that's when the gyro accusations came to a head and his car was yeah. stripped and all that stuff. Yeah. So Ongaro was accused of using a gyro because in Italy people do use gyros, mm-hmm. right? But it's mainly, I believe, that sort of hobby level drivers that do that. Uh, Ongaro was accused of using a gyro. They checked everywhere. They couldn't find anything. And that was it. Fast forward to four years later, because of COVID, he wins the Worlds again, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some talk of, well, AKA tires, they worked at first, but then none of the other AKA drivers were able to get them to work. So surely he has some different tires or he's using additive or this kind of talk, right? Because again, he was so fast and he won the race. So I can explain to you why he was so fast. On the previous podcast, I explained why I believe that Ongar is so fast. Mm -hmm. So it's not that he is cheating. It's that he is extremely talented, yes. He practices to build his skill. Talent you have, skill you build up through repetition. He's done that. But a combination of that is you need to have a setup on the car that suits and matches your driving. And if you can come up with a setup on the car that matches your driving and both the driving and the setup are the a combination that is fast well what do you have you have an advantage over others uh, because both your driving style is fast and your style of setup is naturally fast mm-hmm. and this is why Ongara is so good and if you want to know more about that explanation go listen to the previous podcast i think it was on the previous one right yeah previous one on the world's world's one so what i was what i started thinking was what if the situation with um Coelho is just very similar to the Ongaro one so i asked around a bit i spoke with bruno i spoke with uh alex hogbelly and uh i spoke with someone else too but let's not Name names. I don't know if he wants to be included <laughs> in this rant. So my theory was that Bruno Bruno's driving style and the way he sets up the car is one where it's naturally fast and it's for him. Mm-hmm. So he can drive the car. So I asked, what happens when Alex drives Bruno's car? Doesn't go very well, apparently, because Bruno drives in a different way. And I am not a touring car driver, right? I do not know, but I have a, I had a hunch. My guess was that when Bruno drives, he doesn't turn the wheels as much as most drivers. Also, I guessed that his car is more nervous, nimble, aggressive than most, and that the rear end of his car will feel looser for most drivers. So. This was my thought, but I didn't know if it was true. I asked Bruno, what has Alex ever driven your car? What happens? What does he say? I asked Alex, Alex, have you driven Bruno's car? What happens? What do you think? And my suspicions were confirmed. Basically, when Alex drives Bruno's car, it feels loose Mm -hmm. and it feels aggressive 
and mm-hmm. he can't be as comfortable and fast with it. Mm. But it's comfortable and fast for Bruno. So, especially in on-road and touring car, like I said, tires matter a lot, but setup also matters. So imagine if you have a car that you don't need to turn the front wheels as much in corners to turn. Mm-hmm. That means that basically the front wheels are not sliding as much on the track. They are not slowing the car down as much. Rotating. But, yeah, because the, there's something called a slip angle. So the angle that the tires are pointing and the, the direction that the, the car is actually traveling, right? That the tires may point like this. So mm-hmm. that would be the direction. But actually, they are traveling at a direction like that, you know? Not the mm-hmm. same. I know what you mean. I get There's it. There's a difference between where they are going and where they are pointing. That that's would be the, like pushing. That's what, that's what we call pushing. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. There's, there's that angle. So when Bruno drives, that angle is much smaller on the front tires. He turns mm. the wheel less. They are moving closer to the direction they're rotating. The front of the car doesn't slow that car down in the corners as much. Naturally, he has more speed. He maintains more speed as he drives around the track. And the yeah. rear end allows the for that minimum steering yeah. inputs, and he carries more rotation, yeah. more corner speed. Yeah, the rear end feels loose because it needs to be loose so he can turn mm-hmm. with that small mm-hmm. front input, you know, so the car rotates. But and this is what's similar to Ongaro. So the moment you get on throttle, and Alex even said this that when he gets on throttle, Bruno's car feels loose. Mm. And when people drive Ongaro's car, it's the same thing. When you watch Ongaro drive, he will drive. And when he gets on throttle, it just goes straight. I bet you when other people drive, it would be like fish tailing all over the shop. Because the thing is that when you match a driver's skill to the car setup, and when both are fast, what they do is they go to the very limits of traction. And they, they can feel where that is. So they drive at the maximum potential of the tire and, and the car. And they keep it there, close to that limit. But they don't go over it. That is the key. That's the skill combined with talent, combined with the setup. And when someone who isn't in tune with that tries the car, they go over that point because it's very easy to do that with a car like that. So they will go over it. They won't feel comfortable. They can't carry their speed. But someone like Ongaro with his car or Coelho with his car, they are perfectly in tune and uh, they are super fast. So that's my theory why he can be faster than uh, others. It's not cheating. He doesn't have better tires than others. He has a better setup suited to his driving. Now, why is that? I think it is because I think it is because a lot of dedicated hard work for an extended period of time and a lot of experience and knowledge from years past. If you look at Ongara, I'll tell you a funny fact that I learned during this trip. So when he's driving, uh, well, before that, let's let's talk about the setup thing. There's a lot of knowledge in car design. There have been many Italian cars. 
There are many Italian, European and world champions, car designers. Uh, there are Italian drivers who have very unique driving styles and setup styles. Alec Lafranchi, he ran with no roll bars. He had an extreme corner speed. Uh, he went to Vegas to the world's warm-up, didn't do the jumps, but won the race. Because he had such corner speed that all the Americans were like, what the hell is going on? You know, because he had grip and corner speed. He didn't need to do the jumps. His engine was rich. He didn't go fast on the straight. Still won the race. You can't do that today. But I mean, at the time, he was ahead of the he was ahead of the game at that time with that style. We had Totorici, who was running uh, half a degree toe in and sliding around the track. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on? That car looked like a wet rag. You know, a wet rag, when you pull it across a bumpy track, it will just follow the mm -hmm. shape of the track. That's what he, his car looked like. It was ridiculous. So I guess what you're so, trying to say is that Italy so, is known for... Yes, yes. So I don't know who it is, Mauro, Verdi, whoever. But there has been a dedicated effort to make Davide fast. Yes, okay? yes. And that's why he is fast now. Will Bruno... X-Ray, we know, they put a lot of effort in. They have their own tracks for testing. Uh, Bruno, I believe, doesn't test that much. He does test, but because he's racing all these different classes, he can't really focus solely on one thing. But from what I understand, his mechanic is a, plays a big part of that. He has notes from every race they've been to, notes from every qualifier they did, what they changed, what happened. They have a database of information that they can draw from whenever mm -hmm. they need. Uh, Hogbelly does a lot of testing for X-Ray. I'm sure they talk to each other, surely. Surely they share information. There's a wealth of knowledge and experience and dedicated work with a purpose behind Bruno's success. Right. So Same, same for both. With Angaro. So let yeah. me ask you something. Are we now seeing, we always talk about this, like the Alden Bakers of RC. Are we now seeing yeah. this RC driver coming into fruition in RC now? Where we pick out a specific skill set and cater his whole program to that? I mean, we are still, I think RC, because it's so small, we are still very unprofessional on many, mm -hmm. in many ways. And that's why when you have someone who works smarter than others or in a different way that's right or more than others, they can have an advantage because everyone isn't doing that yet. Now, Mark Reinhardt is an incredible talent, <coughs> incredible, multiple mm -hmm. world championships. But if there's something that uh, is famous about Mark Reinhardt, it's that he doesn't practice or prepare much, right? Mm. He won world championships on talent. Right, okay. It's, like, it's well known that there are other drivers who work so much more than Mark shows up and fucking TQs and wins. And they're like, how, how does he do that, right? It's a, it's, we know this. We know this. Everyone in RC who follows, who knows, who's on the inside knows that. But now you have a guy who has a dedicated mechanic who can tell mm -hmm. you like, at this race, in Q3, we did that change and that happened. Can Mark do that? I doubt it. Okay. Well, this is the new so breed of racing. There is, there is a, there's like a shift in where we are in RC. In the, back in the good old days, <laughs> Craig Drescher winning stuff, they'd go out drinking and then they'd hung over at the race. Like, 
you cannot you cannot go to a no, Euros no. or a World hungover from partying all night and expect to do well anymore, right? No. Because we have become more professional. But we are not yet at the stage where we have a guy who is dedicated to, let's say Nitro, for example. We have a guy that's dedicated to the engine. So everyone come in, okay, check the runtime. How can we improve the engine? We need more runtime. What can we do? Uh, maybe we adjust the clutch a bit. What focus on the engine? Another guy, car. How can we fix the geometry, this or that? Maybe even another guy thinking just about shocks. Another mm -hmm. guy, tires. Mm -hmm. what can we do? How do you feel? Driver, only focused on driving. A driver having a, a mental coach or driving coach or something. I watched you do the run. I think here, if you change your line a bit, you can be like, do you know how much more we could do to be more professional? There's a lot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in motocross back in the day, it was kind of like RC back in the day, like, They'd go drinking, partying, you know, train, of course, but it wasn't that serious. It was because motocross is a sport that is heavily, heavily talent and skill dependent, right? Mm -hmm. The bike, yes, the setup matters, but you can make up for so much by just being better because you, how you position yourself on the bike, where you put the weight, how you uh, use the throttle and the clutch, and also how what kind of risks you take so motocross was at a certain level in comes ricky carmichael hires a professional uh, trainer from uh, cycling okay so well, obviously doping allegations and all of that we don't know if that happened but the point being he took his training to a whole different level he was fitter than anyone he rode more so he was more in tune with the bike than anyone tested more than anyone so when he, he went for 10 straight years won the championship every single year i don't think anyone will ever repeat that because he changed the sport now everyone is doing that mm -hmm. right so we are at a point where we have some outliers like ongaro like koelho who are doing things that others are not and they are that much better that at this touring car world, when Coelho TQs every round and wins, people accuse him of cheating because they cannot understand how mm -hmm, he can mm -hmm, be so much mm -hmm, fun. Mm -hmm. I, I see that. Um, and I think if you let, all right, let's take Ongaro for a second and let's mm -hmm. break him down for a second. Always confident. You know what I mean? Cars, maybe not on point all the time. He knew he was going to win that world. You know, he already had guys beat right there. You know, had the sharks, all that stuff made for it. Yeah. I think these guys aren't even operating on the full level that they could be operating on yet, to be honest. Yeah. They're uh, still missing a few things to the whole, of course there's to the whole package. I forgot. I said that. I'll tell you a fun fact. So, you know, when uh, Ongra races, so when he's racing a main, his dad tells him his lap time, like every lap. But not just his lap time, also other drivers' lap times. Like everyone in the top five. He mm. wants to know everyone's lap times, right? When he's driving. Mm. So if he's like driving and then his dad say, oh, you did a 50.5 and uh, Testman 50.2, Ronnie Falk. Uh, he wants to go faster uh, than 50.3. Then he's like, yeah, and what about the other guys? You know, like he wants to know all those lap times. Mm. Every lap. 
Interesting. I did not know that. You know, there are so many things that uh, most people, when they just look from the outside, they don't think about, right? They don't have the full picture. They don't have the full story. There's a lot more you can do. There's a lot going on that no one sees. They just sees the car at the race going right. on the track. So they don't know all the thinking and the work that goes on before that happens. And and not only that, but Mark Bayer is his on road mechanic too. No, Frank. No, it's okay, that, just... uh, what the hell is his name? The other guy, Francisco so... Martini, I think, or something like that. Okay, another guy. So here you have a guy who is extremely talented. He's good at what he does. He's able to put his hands to any class. He's already proven that. You know, he just came off a a, a world final at the, at one of the hardest races in the world. You know, completely different from what he's doing. And then you add on mechanics that can fit his style. I, yeah. I think you're right. And then they would say, "Well, what about Hagberg? He was fast too. Oh, he puts in a lot of work." Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. That's... He puts in a damn lot of work. If I think if it wasn't for people like Hagberg, Torn Car would have been dead a long time ago. That's how much work he puts in. Yeah. But, but let's, I think... Let's, let's think about that. Well, finish what you were going to say. Well, I think what's happened is just a lot of what you're saying. He's put everything together and he's figured out what's good for him and what works. Obviously, X-Ray has been doing some research as well about this type of stuff. Who knows what they're doing over there? They're probably doing like mental coaching, all that type of stuff. You know, they're probably doing all this stuff. They're probably already looking at all this type of stuff that to do. Yeah. And... I think like Hagberg has settled into that role of that second driver. Like he's there to test, he's there to go. He puts in a lot of work as well. Obviously, they have two different driving techniques, but his knowledge that he gains from these different races and tracks are passed on to Bruno. And yeah. Bruno is just able to be able to go into that mode, like and just put it into that mode. And when he has everything going with going for him and everything's right, he's just He's going to be when you got talent plus skill plus everything going right. It's just going to be very difficult. Yeah, to beat plus that. the dedicated work of other people. So yeah. they are developing the car. They have new parts for the. They're car actually working together as a team. They're actually working together as a team supposed to work. If you look what? at it, that's how a team is supposed to work. Yeah, no shit. So, but let's let's take a step back, look at the situation, and okay, why did people? assume or sort of immediately go to oh they must be cheating there's a reason for that too and that's because x-ray are known to do kind of whatever it takes to win mm -hmm. be that the gray area force drivers to run different tire brands back when that was frowned upon now everyone seems to be doing it but back then drivers got fired all kinds of mm -hmm. drama because x-ray were like no we want you to win you have to run some other tire like pressuring them to do that though that one eos when they built the track at hoodie arena and then practiced on it the night before but forgot to unplug their transponders <laughs> that was a legendary one uh, so you understand why there's these allegations against yeah them. the right red robin hood uh, raceway euros 10 scale euros on dirt they were sourcing their tires and then uh Wolanka, but they stopped. I have heard this now from so many different people, even someone on X-Ray that I believe this to be true. They were sourcing tires. X-Ray drivers were. They stopped for whatever reason. Wolanka didn't stop. And he was the guy that was caught and he was disqualified. That is a fact. If he was caught sourcing tires, he was disqualified. He himself said 
he didn't just invent sourcing like or think of it like alone. The other guys were doing that too. Okay, so there right, are he multiple, didn't want to prick. Yeah, the multi multiple situations like this where uh, uh, they have either blatantly broken the rules or being unsportsmanlike. I would even say that this year they did something which I think is sort of unsportsmanlike, which was they had the Euros at their home track, okay? They had a race two weeks before the Euros, touring car Euros, which was only open for x-ray cars. And not only that, if you wanted to go and practice there, the practice was scheduled in a way where it's really ridiculously hard to spend the money, travel there and get practice in because it was something like Tuesday evening and Friday morning or like, like ridiculous practice times, right? Like you can't just go for like four They're playing mind games. They're doing everything no. to win. It's not mind games. That's not mind games. That's, that's fuckery that I don't accept, okay? There are other ex examples of, of that too, where uh, some clubs, some tracks, they think, oh, we have to get an advantage so we don't allow people to practice. So we make it like super expensive and awkward and difficult. Hey, you know? I don't agree with that. So that's why people immediately went to like, ah, oh, X-ray is cheating. But like I ex explained, in this situation, I do not think that they actually did. I explained the reasons why. I think um, they're just doing everything to win. And who wouldn't, yeah, but there's, there's who wouldn't go get practice to win? If Ronefak wins the Worlds and it turns out that uh, they were cheating somehow, like Adrian had figured out some way to cheat with an engine or something and get fucking 10-minute runtime. And David knew that and they cheated and I didn't know. You know what I would do if I found out? I would fucking blast them on this very podcast because that's who I am. If I believe you, if would. I cheat to win, it's I might as well not win. It doesn't count to me. No, of course. I, some I agree people are that. not like that. Okay, but if I see others who do that, I I don't respect that. Yeah, like to me, if you do anything to win, I don't respect that. If you work hard and do everything within the rules and also the sort of sportsmanship unwritten rules that we have if you do everything within that i respect that but if you go beyond and you do anything to win no respect for that none whatsoever i could dig it Capiche? i can dig it i i but, would i would agree with you there yeah but you know this one instance the reason that i care about this is like a bigger thing and i want to talk about that now so we only focused on this touring car race, but this is actually a bigger point that I want to make. And it has to do with, uh, it basically has to do with the whole industry because there's history to this uh, scenario. There's business interests, there's personal uh, relationships and drama. Um, I can give a bit of the history so you understand. So. The allegations were made mainly by and vocally by Mark Reinhardt. Uh, Mark Reinhardt's father, Ulver Reinhardt, runs the ETS, ENS, EOS, all those series, right? X-Ray stopped uh, attending those races, I think, 
Was it earlier this year? Was it this year? Uh, I don't think they have attended year? any of the... I don't think Bruno... I think X-Ray stopped, well, let's just say within a year, recently. Right. Okay. Well, I know Bruno hasn't run Nitro in four years. Yeah, don't worry about Nitro. X-Ray stopped doing any of those EOS, ETS, ENS, whatever races because they didn't feel welcome anymore. Okay. They didn't feel welcome because of all kinds of drama always at the races. They felt that uh, Reinhardt's were not being fair with penalties or refereeing or whatever. Uh, Reinhardt felt that X-Ray would always try to bend the rules and do this and that. You know, so there was like two lot sides of to every lot story, of drama, beef. So X-Ray were like, fuck that. And they threw their toys out the pram. And uh, that was that. Right. So there was some drama already from before, before this race. And this has been something that's been ongoing. And the thing that just strikes me is that I, I know Mark, I know Bruno. I have no issue with either. I'm sure Bruno has had a lot of issues with me. I mean, look, I invented the whole CTO term back in the day because Bruno mm -hmm. would just run through any car in front of him as if they didn't exist. But now he doesn't do that anymore, right? He's even been on my Invisible Speed uh, uh, course videos, right? I, I have no issue with him. It seems that he doesn't have much of an issue with me. I don't either. think he has never much had of an issue, issue with, with uh, Reinhardt. Uh, I don't think he has an issue with me. That's fine. The thing that people can't seem to do is separate the emotions from reality. So that's something I can do really well. I can forget about my emotions and my feelings and just look at something, look at the facts and make up my mind. People seem to not be able to do that. They are super biased. I'm not saying that they are lying necessarily. They don't consciously think that, okay, I know what I'm about to say is wrong, but I'll say it anyway because it benefits me. I don't think people are like that. It's just that they are so emotionally invested and biased that they don't know that they are wrong. That's what I think is happening with most people. Like They see a situation and they see it their way and they honestly believe that. And when I look at it, I can separate the emotion. I look at what happened and I'm not thinking about who and what and why and the uh, before and after no i'm just looking at that situation and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> that's, not, that's all what happened you know and this is something that people uh too many people can't seem to do so in these situations there's all of this baked in drama from the past and and uh you aren't looking clearly at what's happening right now so it's it's not about like being friends with someone or or uh, having to like someone. Just fucking respect hard work and respect achievements like that, right? Just understand and give respect where it's due. That's what I think. And you can do that even if it's someone you don't like. So. Um, and you can do that even if you lose, right? It's, I'll, I'll tell a very personal story so you uh, 
can understand. So right now at the World Championships in Redovan, we almost won. When I say we, I say Ronifak, Bertin, Corsetek, Mayako. We almost won. Hot Race too. Hot Race hasn't won a World Championship yet. That would have been their first World Championships, uh, Championship win also. So when people look at that, they just look at uh, Mayako. And Mayako is in its first year. But I'm not in my first year. I'm in my 22nd year. And I'm in my 12th year of running a company. That only, like, as long as I can remember, since I was a child, I was competitive. Okay? I literally, when I, when I played alone as a kid, I would invent four personalities or four different people and I would compete. Whatever I was doing, I pretended I was four different people. I would do things like ride my bike or whatever the hell I was doing four times. And four was my favorite. But if I fucked up on four and four didn't win, I was mad at myself. You know, that's my level of insanity and competitiveness. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you get mad at your, your made that's up personalities. Crazy. No, 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 no. I'm just imagining it for to create a competition, right? But I wanted four to win, but four didn't always win. And I couldn't cheat or lie to myself, right? Since then, I started RC. The only thing I ever wanted was a world championship. Now, I couldn't do it as a driver. I think, okay, I can make a car someone else can win, right? So imagine you live that life and 22 years in RC, 12 years with your own company. Then you're at the World Championships, and the car you designed is driven by a driver who you have been supporting and helping. He starts basically dead last. He catches everyone. He passes the leader. With 10 minutes to go, you realize he is leading the race. He has one pit stop. The guy in second has two. If he doesn't fuck up now, he's going to win. That's the situation, okay? Unfortunately, he does. He makes a few mistakes, three mistakes, and that's it. Get second. Devastating, right? I don't need to hate Ongaro because of that. Like, I cannot describe how important that race was for me. Today, it's like, I don't know, a couple of weeks after the Worlds. I am still angry, frustrated, sad about the world. I'm not happy, not 1% happy about the world. I can say that I know and I understand that second is a very good result. There's not a cell in my body that's satisfied or happy about it. I know it's good. It doesn't feel good. It feels fucking horrible. But I respect Ongaro and the dedication and their work and the fact that they won. So you can still respect someone else, even if you lose. You know this uh, mechanic? I don't know him at all, but he just comes across to me as a person who, if I had to deal with him, I would want to punch him in the face, you know? And 
I could be totally wrong, but he just comes across as like this kind of like arrogant, rich motherfucker. Like that's how he comes across. I'm sorry. I, he, I could be completely wrong. He might be the nicest guy in the world, but that's how he comes across to me. Right. But even having that opinion of him, unwarranted or not, I don't know him. I don't care. I can still respect his work, right? Do you understand what I mean? Yes, I'm listening to you. Like you can you can separate these things. That's what I'm trying to say, and people don't do that. Like, I would say that I'm at a point right now in our in the RC industry where I can say that it's not it's not that I just dislike or I disagree. I I hate certain attitudes really i hate how the federations are are working in rc or not working really i hate it i really hate it i hate that race organizers care more about entries and making money than actually doing something that's good for the races that helps to grow the industry i hate that attitude i hate that uh x-ray bend the rules stop supporting race series do just do their own selfish thing i hate that uh reinhard and uh company make x-ray feel unwelcome at the series these sorts of attitudes i can say that i have reached the point where i hate them okay hate is a strong word but i hate that i don't hate the people i hate mm -hmm. that okay <laughs> Um, the thing that I think is now you had a touring car worlds, which spoke to a lot of people. They all said this was like the worst race they have ever attended. The atmosphere was horrible. And when I look at it, I just, I just realized that we are all in the same fucking lifeboat, the RC industry. That's the size of it, right? We aren't on a cruise ship. We're on a, in a lifeboat. It's a tiny industry, but if we want to improve it, there is a way. And the way is that you have to identify who is in RC for the right reasons, who has a passion for RC, who wants to see it grow, who wants to see it evolve and improve. And it's not hard to see that actually, right? I can look at you, non MRC podcast, obviously passion for RC, Mayako, obviously passion for RC. Otherwise I wouldn't have uh, joined them and I wouldn't be doing this with them. Uh, X-Ray, X-Ray have a passion for RC. Look at their facility. Look at all the things they are doing in RC and XRS series and all of that. They have a passion for RC. Um, Reinhard, Uwe Reinhard has a passion for RC. He's done it his whole life, I suspect. He started the EOS series and ETS and all of that stuff. Joey Christensen, who I've had many disagreements with, he has a passion for RC, right? Building tracks, changing how off-road tracks look, all that stuff. He loves RC. He's in it. S-Works, they have a passion for RC. S-Works boss, he uh, has other businesses uh, selling real cars, invests a lot of money in RC, pays a lot of drivers, does a lot in RC, joined RCGP, you know, all kinds of stuff. He likes RC. He loves RC, passionate about it. Uh, Hazelwood, Nemo Racing, passionate about RC. Uh, David Isherwood, RCGP, passionate about RC. J Concepts, 
what's his face? Jason Rona. Passionate about passionate about RC. Am I right? Uh, Hot yes. Race. Nicola from Hot Race. Passionate about RC. Uh, there are a lot of companies in RC and people in RC who are passionate about our industry and want to see it grow. The only way it will happen is if we can come together, work together and grow it, right? You don't have to like each other. You don't have to agree with everything the other person says or thinks or feels. But we all have that same one thing in common. We want to see RC improve and grow. That's what we have in common. And we are all passionate about racing RC cars. That's it. The only thing that should matter. Well, I think there's more people than that. I think the issue is... We can't um, sit here all day and listen. Right, of course. Not but everyone the... is, right? But there are enough of us who also have some kind of influence or power because we have companies and brands that if we just sat down and said, look, instead of all of us just trying to do our own thing, let's do our own thing and something together. That's what I think. I mean... I would like to see that. I, I was hoping it would happen with RCGP. I still have hopes. But people can't seem to get over. I don't want to talk and this being an RCGP spiel either. But we've talked about this and just people can't put their... It, it comes back to this conversation about why people can't accept that Coelho is fast. Because they can't put what's happened in the past or what's X-ray has done behind them and accept the fact that, wow, this guy really is talented and good. Like, we know there's people that, oh, RCGP sounds like a great idea until they found out that you was involved. That's not such a great idea. Yeah, that reminded me. Techno, also passionate about RC. You have done poke the bear with that, though, quite a lot. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter, but what we need is more people that just don't give, that don't care. And, so, and say, all right, well, I like what these people are doing. I'm going to go with them. I think what we're starting to see in general is a movement in RC. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday. He's like, I'm going to go for a raw president. Like, I want to do this. He was like, he was, I want to make a whole new raw. I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't want to announce yet. I think we should make a whole new association. I was like, you know what? Well, Federation, I used to think like that as well until you said something really smart. He's like, if you do, the one thing that they were, if you, the, the one thing that they would always do is they would hold that you can't be, join IFMAR. You know, that was one of the things that happened with Norca. Also, yeah. Raw has the heritage. Has the, has the There are people in Raw that can do good things. The things that have to happen in Raw and IFMAR isn't just one person. It's going to take a collective group of people getting in there and making these changes. And I'm not saying that the people that are in IFMAR, I know we're going on a whole federation spiel, but I, I kind of wanted to talk about this on the last rant, well, when we ranted on the last podcast. These older IFMAR gentlemen still have a role to play in these federations. They should be training these people how to do things differently and, uh, or how they should be training pe people how things are done. And then these new people should be also looking at new ideas to do things. Let's take, for instance, uh, what's his name? The referee from the worlds, um, Mark. What's his last name? Stitson. Right, so I'd heard how good of a referee he is and how strict he is and all that type of stuff. 
And I heard this guy. I listened to him the entire time I was there. And I said, this guy is good. He's strict. He's very strict. But he, he knows the basic rules. He gets things done. And this guy could train many more people to be referees. Maybe they won't all be strict like him, but they'll be trained by him. And there's lots of things that IFMAR can be doing. All these federations can be doing. Like all those yeah. sports, you can actually, if you if refereeing something you like, RD and something you like, these federations could have certifications where you become a referee or you do a course. Of course, you have to pay for it, but you do a course. You can do it online now. You don't even have to do it at a physical area. But there's a lot of things we're missing out on. We could get a lot of people doing a lot more things, and then we can do a lot of things. But it's just we have to get in there as a collective group. That's what I was trying to tell my mate. I was like, it's not going to take one person because you're going to get there, and then you're going to be stifled by everybody else. It takes a group. And that's it's so much better. It's like just imagine if we as a group, maybe not everybody in RC, but a good, strong group decided to do something different and went that way. Imagine if some of the main manufacturers joined RCGP and we went that way. It would make such a change. It would. But people are too caught up <clears throat> on past events, what you've done in the past. Like, I kind of went back and looked at the main and saw some of it. Oh, is like, you know, when you ever use on the on the, on the the stream, oh, JQ is going to turn off somebody's radio or do this and do that. Like, and then obviously, like when David was starting in 11th, you saw the comments, oh, he made a mistake leaving HB and this and then. What do people say when he charges through the pack and finishes second? So the best thing to do in these situations is you have to show people. You know what I mean? And that's all it comes down to. Like, I, you have to show people. That's why I try to invite people to do things. Hey, yeah, come into our stage. You have to show people, but you can't show people alone. There are so many different things that could improve RC. It's really, it's not rocket science. Uh, to have classes that are fun to race, but they are affordable and it's fair. Like you buy this car and race it easy, done. You know, formats where you don't have to go to the track and spend all day at the track. You know, there are all kinds of also not to just drive against the clock and then have a short main at the end of it. There are so many things that we could improve on that level too, but it would take uh more people to have the will to sort of push it through and mm -hmm. that's sort of where federations also come in to sort of set a new standard if we I talk agree. about racing formats like that they could really really help that and also even just setting the kind of rules for entry-level classes where the sort of retail price is capped where it really helps new people to come in Th these are all things that no one can do alone it, it requires more people to come together, more companies yeah, to come yeah. together and pressure the federation exactly. to do exactly. something. Right? That's why I listed a few companies here because I know these people and I know that they are passionate about RC, but what's the fucking point if you're just passionate alone about it and doing things alone? Like it's nothing's ever going to change. If you want to change something, you have to uh, join forces with other people. I agree. like-minded. And it doesn't matter. Other things. So let's say that you want RC to improve, okay, in certain ways, and you want more people to come into RC. That is what you have in common. Everything else is fucking irrelevant at that point, right? 
forget about it. Forget about who won the race, who did what, who said what, who posted what. It doesn't matter. Because the task at hand right now, at that moment, is we need to grow RC. We need to improve it. What can we do to make that happen? Not Have do what we did this past weekend. That's for sure. You're, we're talking what? not do what we done this past weekend. You know, that that worlds that ten scale worlds that should that's for us. There were no Americans there. There were no you know it was very well. I I also found out that you know like the top American guy that drives electric touring car has a full time job, so he couldn't get time off. You know this would be why this class that was so big back in the day is so small right now. You know, and it's it's a class that can be run outdoors. It's a class that can be run indoors. You know, probably bigger indoors than it is outdoors. But in the end of the day, we have a we have a class that should promote our hobby, our sport, because the cars look real, and we have all this arguing afterwards. It's always some drama after these on-road races, though. Always some drama. Always. I don't know. I think the bottom line is, Joseph, that we need we have come to the conclusion that we have to come together. Just wanted to say a few things. There are, are there are individuals doing good things out there and have lots of initiatives going. I wanted to say something because. Um, Mark Santaria just had a like spec slash thing, 90 slashes, first race, 90, 90 fucking slashes, dude. Yeah, That's he said, and, and he oh, said to me, oh. and they have like tech and all this type of stuff. And he said to me, he said there was like 50% new transponder numbers that have never been to this track and all that stuff. Yeah. So, and then we have people like Katie Carmendi, a race like a girl who's doing the future stars of RC race with a local pro. There's lots of people doing initiatives. It's just that we need to we need to have some sort of central organization to where all this can be looked at and and applied in different situations. And you have to have a group of people <clears throat> that want to make change and ain't afraid, aren't afraid to step on people's toes. At the same time, like you say all the time, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. So yeah, it's like you don't need every single company to agree to something so that things can change. You just mm -hmm. need enough of them. Yeah, I would agree with you. Then the rest will follow. So I, I did not know that this rant was gonna go this way. I thought it was really gonna be like a gun ho full metal jacket rant about something else. So I was actually pleasantly surprised by this today. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I'm not cutting you off. I'm just thinking like I did not expect this to go this way. Yeah, well, I don't know yeah. what you was thinking because I was kind of, I'm like, when I read that guy's report, I, I screenshotted it for a reason because it was very long. Sorry, it wasn't crap. It was it was crumper, crumper. It was very long. Yeah. And I was like, man, this sounds like something Alex Jones would be saying. This sounds like something yeah. I would probably believe. You know what I, I, mean? I mean? This is this is not like a personal attack on them because no look, that x-ray guys and those guys they say same kind of things in other situations like this is what i mean like okay i'll give an example like bruno's dad is probably a nice guy i mean i, I would say he's a nice guy right but oh God. you cannot talk about bruno's racing with him because he's one of those people he's so far removed from reality if Bruno did something wrong, right? Because he, I don't know, like, his bias is so strong. No, he's a son. He's a father. That's first yeah, off the bat. but it's like, what the fuck? If I had a kid and my kid messed up, I would be able to determine that, okay, my kid messed up, okay? But this is what I said earlier. Like, people, 
some people just don't have that ability. He, and he's one of them, you know? So I'm sure that Reinhardt and Prumpa in this situation truly believe this. Right, they I agree with that. They are being sincere. I think they're, they're frustrated like, too. Hating on Koyla, like he's too good, fuck this guy. No, like they, because of everything that's happened and the whole situation, like they believe this. But on this podcast early on, I just gave an alternate explanation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So look yeah. into that. How much did you test? How many times did you go to the track with uh, those tires? How much do you turn the steering wheel when you drive? Like, like, can you tell me on some race uh, last July Q3 what you changed and what happened? Like, how much data do you have? I think you we're know? just seeing a passing of the guard. That's all we're seeing here. That the old too, school, like, the I old think, school uh, drivers. We saw it in yeah. off-road. We saw it in off-road this past world to an extent. We saw a lot of these yeah. young guys come up, a lot of these older guys not in the mains. And once they, I think, once they listen to this podcast and be like, well, I'm missing this, I'm missing that, I'm missing that. There's a lot of things that we, there's, the professional RC driver is such an unknown right now. It's yeah. it's in a very unknown state. We're going from motocross, beer drinking, partying night, all night, 1990s motocross, supercross guys to that next level, which is our, like like Ricky Carmichael and now what we see now. And there's going to be a next yeah. evolution because then there's going to become a, a, a Bubba Stewart and people will be like, how the hell does he do that? Like, there's going to be more evolutions as technology and skills and people understanding of physics come into application of RC racing. There's going to be yeah. another person and that's going to be like, wow, how did he do that? So, yeah. That, well, one thing first is I think in touring car, uh, that like the age of the drivers was pretty high. Like, even Jill's made Jill's cross comp made the main and he's like over 40 years old, 44 or something. Mm -hmm. I think so, something like over 40 anyway, right? Uh, and he made the main. Um, all I know is like what 35, Berker is older too. Uh, Coelho is one of the younger guys at 29 in that main. So there is also that, like you say, changing of the guard, even though Bruno's been there a while. But there aren't many more young guys coming in there. In off-road, there is, but not touring cars. Right, but what we'll do is we'll look back 20 years from now and look at guys like Angaro and Bruno, and they will be the template for what the future RC guy is going to be. That's what we're looking yeah. at. So Maybe with some tweaks the, and, some, and some, some added features. Yeah, one of the motivating factors for me, why I want to see RC evolve, to the next stage is because that's kind of what I am interested in. I would, yeah, me like too. To, I would like to not go to the track with a car that's basically been the same for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years, if you really break it down. Like there's not, there's not much sort of. You're talking about on a, you're talking about on a, on a, on a, on a chassis product type of thing. I'm talking yeah, more like mental not, side of thing, a presentation. Yeah, that, part too, of that too, but I am interested in that sort of innovation when it comes to the actual product. But to be able to do that, you need to have a big enough industry that you can sell enough product to fund that, right? Mm -hmm. And what everyone seems to be doing now is just trying to steal drivers from other brands instead yeah, we of talk about this all looking time. to... Yeah, instead of instead of looking to get drivers that no brand has because they're new drivers, you know, and that's kind of what my angle is. I've never been interested in making the products that new drivers would buy, but I understand the importance of having them and the importance of uh, 
trying to get those new new drivers new people into the hobby by something transition into eventually purchasing the kind of cars that i make that's why <laughs> that one of the funniest comments uh back in the rcgp days was like uh mugen said that well why should we really care about joining this and it's not really like we don't really have the kind of products that would benefit from new people coming in i'm like jesus christ that just sums it up right you don't benefit from new people getting into rc because you don't sell ready to runs well what the fuck do you think those new people who come in who continue racing will eventually buy them it's just like that's the level of thinking we have in rc i do have a so, challenge though i do challenge what? these manufacturers and these these people have more of a voice than us. Mm. We're beaten on this path. Start helping. Like, we know that you won't change. We know it. It's time to start saying it. Now is the time. Yeah. Now is the time. Like, this yeah. is it. I'm, I'm all in for sure. And I've sort of brainwashed my auto to be all in. And <laughs> that's it. We're, we're all in now. And uh, yeah, I think hopefully, uh, hopefully we managed to pull something off. What what could we lose if we all get together and try something new? And, and yeah, oh, we lost a year of time where we. Yeah, you one, know what's one other thing. Okay, one other thing that I forgot to say earlier, but I I remembered now was that it's not people always also make it personal. They always go to the personal thing, like it's about him mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. about his ego or it's about he always has to be right or it's about it's because it's his like always something like that and that's another thing that really frustrates me like if if i just think about myself and i'm very vocal on these things i have opinions i say them right i don't i don't think that i'm always right i don't think that I know everything. I don't think that I can do everything. In fact, I know that I can't. I think that I am relatively often right because I'm able to fucking remove my emotion, look at the things, consider the things, think about them, and come to a sensible conclusion, right? That's why I think, because I take all of it, like for this fucking podcast, I spoke to both sides, I spoke to another party, I thought about it, I came to a conclusion, right? That's what I do all the time with everything. Most people don't fucking do that. They have their side and that's it. Well, yeah, um, it was yeah, a very wait. good podcast. Yeah, wait, I'm not done. I'm not cutting you off, I'm just saying I'm glad you, you did. just did and I lost my train of thought. Uh, the thing that that uh, creates success in anything company sports teams or industries like rc is when you can recognize your strengths and weaknesses and you can come together and people from different uh people with different backgrounds with different skill sets uh complement each other right that's what makes a good sports team that's what makes a good uh company that's what makes a good industry when these companies try to do their own thing we're going to make products 
we're going to promote these products. We're going to make our own races. We're going to have our own media coverage. When everyone does that separately, it's not going to be that great and it's not going to go very far. When companies come together and support the same effort, that's something that can become bigger. That's something that can reach a lot further. That's something where certain races that everyone is supporting, there will be all the best drivers are there, all the manufacturers are, are funding those races. There's uh, professional media coming in to cover those races. That is a lot more interesting than on the same weekend having five different events by five different brands covered by their personal mm. guy with an iPhone on the driver's <clears throat> side. Okay. This is the point. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about David Isherwood and RCGP. It's not about Joey. It's not about fucking J Concepts, uh, Facebook Lives. It's if everyone would just fucking come together that's passionate about RC and wants to grow it, and we make a plan for how we could actually achieve that, then things could change. Then we could put pressure on this uh, international federation of men arranging retreats. We could actually put pressure on them to either fucking do something or piss off. That's it. We have the power. We literally have the power. The, the brands pay drivers and pay their travel to go to races. That's it's as simple as that. Yeah, just it we is. We have to decide which races we want to go to and what we support. And that we can literally change the industry if we just come together and do that. We can. We can. Yeah. yeah. Of course we can. It's simple. Yeah. We just but, solved the whole industry's issue right then and there. There we go. But an hour and a half. Ray and and uh, Reinhardt, they can't see eye to eye because of they race touring car and the other guy beat the other guy. And, that's it. This is how it is. That's how, this this touring car world is a microcosm of our industry. That's why it pissed me off. That's why you messaged me first thing this morning. Yes, that's why. I'm on holiday, but this this Actually, was no. the rant that ended my work. Now I disappear. Now you disappear. We may not see you again. At least this will yeah. be like your last speech. Yeah, this is my last speech. It's a good speech. one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. No, seriously, it was good. I didn't expect it to go this way. You didn't tell me. I didn't know which way you was going to go. I thought this was going to be a fallout, like verbal assault. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And you you put things into a lot of a perspective that many will not look at it. And I'm sure this podcast is going to piss some people off. And maybe people are going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe so. So we shall see. But, hey, that's what we're about, making people think, right? Is that it, Jake? Because you had some good stuff to say. I try not to cut you off too much today, you know, but I, I did listen. Like, usually when you start running on, I kind of just like, mm. but today you actually carried my attention, and it was good. good. Um, but thank right. you. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Anyway, guys, uh, there's JQ's rant for today. Last rant, in case he disappears at this mysterious. Yeah, at this mysterious island that he's going to that I've never heard of. How big is this island? I actually don't know. It doesn't look very big. Okay. 
Well, all right. Well, JQ, I think you have some very great points there. I do agree with a good bit of them. I agree with a lot of them, especially in your thesis of theory of why Coelho is fast. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. I, did I think we should bring back uh, Lefty for president. Maybe. You said that on the last podcast. Maybe there's other people that are good as presidents as well. Maybe not okay, me. But let's just get the ball rolling. Like, let's, let's do this. Yeah, the people have the power and they need to yeah. realize that. And the people that have the powerful voices need to start using them. Yeah. Stop being so afraid of change. People I mean, say they want change, but then they just, I don't know. Like, they're worried about to... losing what they have. That's it. Yeah. And that's what most people are. Simple as that. Losing, everyone complains. You're afraid of losing something you just constantly complain about. What, <laughs> what could be worse? Come on. <laughs> right? I don't know. But yeah, it was a good rant. Good rant. I'm glad you uh, you did message me because this is going to be good. I think people are going to like it. The patrons will get first hit of this. They'll get this here and as soon as it's done. When are you releasing? Yeah, it, will release, it will be released this evening sometime, later this evening, early Thursday morning. So, And then we also have a podcast coming out on Friday with Max. I have an old podcast recorded with Lucas Lauren that I recorded a few weeks, well, a couple of months ago. And then Max is answering some questions. Okay. And we have, and Max and I are going to talk about the worlds a little bit from his, from okay. what he saw. Yeah. But anyway, I thought this was good, JQ. You enjoy your time in this mysterious island that you're going to. I yeah. hope you have fun. I hope you drink a lot and don't get too messed yeah. up. Yeah. And you do, you definitely yeah. deserve a relax. Final, final. Word. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Listen. Everything I have said today, none of it is personal in a sense. Like, I, I don't hate any person in RC. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Okay. I mentioned the word hate because I hate certain attitudes and ways of thinking and actions, right? That is not the totality of a human being, right? So if you feel like I targeted you, take a look in the mirror and take a look at your attitude and your actions because that's what I hate. It's not you. There's a difference, okay? Just keep that in mind. And this, what I have said, is also not about me. So if the response is something, but JQ this, JQ that, you already fucking missed the point. <laughs> I agree, because right, JQ just wants to promote RCGP. That's all he cares about. Blah, 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 exactly. Blah. Well, you mentioned it a lot more than me, but it's not about that either. Speaking of RCGP. Any single person or any single thing. Speaking of RCGP, entries are still open for the last round in USA in less than a month's time. Get those entries in at Fall Brawl. I mean, the home of the Fall Brawl track, Badlands, RC Supercross, and Myrtle Beach. Um, I agree with you, JQ. I think you've pleaded your case good enough. I don't know what the title of this pod this podcast is going to be, though. It's going to have to make it exciting, catchy. I don't does, know. Does Bruno Coelho cheat, or is he just that good? That's going to be the, that's yeah. gonna be the, the thumbnail. All right, JQ. I thought this was okay. good. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, thank you. That was very emotional. Uh, you know, good to see you getting. You know what was emotional? Oh gosh, what was emotional? 
uh, after the Worlds, um, after the, well, you know the banquet. I was a mm. bit, uh, a bit wasted. I blame the Mexicans. I think I downed some tequila or something. Then after that, we went to where we were staying, and Pecco and I went to some bar, had some drinks. And then after that, I went to the pool. And I was in the pool with a frog. There was a frog in the pool and me. And that was emotional. That, that moment uh, was emotional. You had a conversation with a frog. I did. I did. It was, yeah, I made it through. I didn't drown myself. But uh, that was emotional. And you know what? I woke up the next morning at 7 a.m. on the couch. And then uh, Yon Sanbari, who stayed in the same Airbnb, sent me a picture of me sleeping on the couch with them, like, packing and doing it, like, lights on, just packing everything and leaving. I had no clue, no idea that they, were, they had been there. So, <laughs> you deserved yeah. it, too. All good right. sleep. Yeah. Well, you enjoy your trip, dude. Safe travels tomorrow. Have a good yeah. evening. Go have some fun yeah. this evening. Thank you for the podcast and sharing your thoughts. We look, I'm now looking at it in a whole different way. Open my eyes. Uh, and yeah, thank you. Thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for hitting that sub button. We're like 45 away from 3,000 subs. I know that's not a lot, but to me, it's a lot. So if you no, can go hit rough. that sub button and uh, get us up to 3,000, it'd be uh, very helpful. Uh, also, check out our new Instagram. I had to lose that. So I lost that and I'm trying to get it, build it back up. It's not easy. So I'm just playing around with Instagram. And uh, thank you to all the patrons of the podcast, man. We, I can't do it without you guys' help. You guys help pay some bills around here, help keep things going. If you wish to be a patron, there's a link in the written description of this podcast. And remember, without sponsors, we can't do this. If you can show the sponsors some love, show us the podcast some love. We have links, coupon codes, affiliate links. All that stuff in the written description. They are invisiblespeed.net, TZO 200 tires, TNR fuels, high tech RC, beach RC, Mayako, lugs racing tires, techno RC, uh, Papa Wheelie's traction tonic, sorry, G spec RC tuning, Sampadal USA, Racecraft USA, RCGP, House of RC, Clinic RC. And uh, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. Thank you, JQ, for your time. Enjoy your four days of peace. Thanks. Don't do anything crazy. And um, I will talk to you on Monday, I guess. Yeah, Monday, hopefully. Yeah, Monday, I think. And remember, forget about the people. Think about the idea. Focus on the idea. And don't think take it personal. It. Yes. People don't see the forest because they're fucking focused on the trees. You know, with that said, Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. E-Buggy World's next year. Hopefully, I'll go to that. Uh, hopefully, because I want to go to Portugal. And uh, yeah, Lefty and JQ is out. Like JQ is on vacation, off the grid, four days. Don't message him. You're not going to get an answer. Exactly. So he says. So he says. By the way. Oh, shocks. Now I have time to practice the guitar. Uh, Woohoo! Okay, piss off. See you later, JQ. Thank you for your time. <laughs>